0: Sly a fox, coach it in pop, give him his props Here is a thought. here is a box And you cannot compare them at all, so don't even try Careful with the news, but when you use a take I take up Tony Fire, I mean Dire Because anyone else is a huge mistake, whoa Fantasy Roundtable, Fantasy, Fantasy Roundtable Fantasy Roundtable, come take a look at the crown, baby Hey, Fantasy Roundtable, Fantasy, Fantasy Roundtable Fantasy Roundtable, come take a look at the crown, baby Go
1: What is going on everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable podcast brought to you by the Pigskin Podcast Network which you can find at pigskinpodnet on Twitter or you can search the hashtag #tppn. As you've been seeing us talk about since Friday, it is our 500th episode which seems a little crazy to to say that as I said I believe I said on Friday out loud that we've recorded 500 of these things. Uh, it is insane. For today's show, we will talk a little bit of NFL news. We have got coaching hires just popping up here as we are speaking. We will talk about possibly get to some rookie prospect profiles, and we're going to talk a little bit about just, you know, what's going on in the past 500 episodes, if we can sum that up in an hour. As always, though, it is Monday, so Dennis and Matt are here with me. Gentlemen, how are you guys doing?
2: Man, it's not just any episode. It's a big ass episode, number five hundred. When we realized this, we were coming up on that. I couldn't believe it. It was just—it's a crazy number.
3: Yeah, I mean, it seems hard to believe. Just uh, <clears throat> makes me feel old.
1: Really ah. does.
2: With me around, you guys should never feel old.
3: I mean, Dennis was your age, Matt, when we started this podcast.
1: <laughs> you know, it's believable. It's belie- you know, it's it's funny. I was talking to someone about this the other day because you know they reached out and they're like, "How how do you guys do five hundred episodes? What have you guys been doing this for like five years?" It's like, it's re- I don't even actually know how long it's been. Four, maybe. Four. But I, was I like, think we
2: started in eighteen. <laughs>
1: I was like, when you put out, I mean, there was a one point and it may seem crazy to people now, like any new listeners who have only heard us really go on like three times a week. Now there was once a point where we were going on five days a week. So that adds up quick. I well, mean, it's that, uh, that point
3: was in October. Let's be honest.
1: Yeah. Well, I am mean, you talking about like, I think last year we did, we were doing five shows a week, weren't we? I think we we're doing four. <laughs> yeah.
3: Four or five.
1: Okay. I know for a while there, we were doing five because I remember we were doing this show on Wednesdays. And as soon as I got done, I had like an hour before I had to get ready for Debbie debate. And then we had the Thursday. It was just, I mean, there's a lot of shows, but there's a definitely a lot that has changed. I mean, uh, going back and listening to those first episodes right I talked about on Friday I didn't realize the severity of having like a good microphone Or times you could hear like my neighbor mowing his lawn as I was trying to talk about things uh it was it, it's it's been a it's been a fun 500 shows kind of like i guess you know Dennis is there anything that stands out to you i mean i, I, I think, know who my favorite guest was like favorite guest like what were the things that stand I th- out i to
2: think you? it'd be funny if somebody Maybe there's a a tool or an app that somebody could go back and and pick out how many times we heard uh, Bruning say, did you guys hear that thunder?
1: (laughs) Not only that, (laughs) I remember all the time. I don't remember if that was when Matt was here or not, but my kids – because I was always worried you could hear my kids screaming because back then I used to record in a different room where I felt like you could hear everything. And that was my kids were my, my kids are amazing. Well, very well behaved now, but back then they were running around. Like someone was committing murder at my house. And I would always like, I'm sorry if you can hear my kids yelling in the background because I could hear them like they were standing right next to me. Yeah, it was a. Uh, I remember because there was one person who reached out to me a long time ago on Twitter. like, bro, we can't hear your kids. You can stop apologizing. I'm like, I don't know because I hear them. So
2: look, or how many like, times I'm frozen?
3: <laughs> it's like Seinfeld. Nobody remembers the pilot, they just remember the soup Nazi. We're into the soup Nazi era.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, I'm going to be honest. I'm kind of glad that people don't remember those first ones. I did, you know, I did a really good job, though, I think, of plugging in some like quippy little sound bites here and there, which was a lot of fun. I will admit that I don't miss at all. Like, when I first started doing this, when me and Dennis first started doing this together, we didn't have the video. So there was a lot of like not knowing when the other person was going to finish talking because we would just, I would record straight like onto Audacity. And so there were some times that we would have like long pauses, and I didn't realize like now editing is so simple. Most of the time, we don't edit anything out, anyways. But if there's ever anything, I have like a little thing, I just mark it, good to go. I never did that. So there were times like if we went, I remember there were times when me and Dennis would break down the entire schedule. We'd go hour and a half, hour, 40 minutes. And then as soon as that was done, I'd go sit downstairs and re listen to the entire podcast to edit every little bit of dead silence out. It would eat up like my entire night. And doing that five, four days a week, whatever it was, like it was I am so glad that just doing it over and over again, like I've learned different things and easier ways to handle that stuff. Cause that was uh it was a lot more work. Yeah. And Matt's now like, I look screw, back and I'm screw like screw the post
2: production now.
3: <laughs> well I well, think I just video has helped so oh, much. Yeah. But it's also made you have to think about things like I remember when we did one of the episodes when we were just doing audio, when I straight up had COVID. And Uh I I thought I was gonna die. I'm just like wrapped in a blanket on my phone
1: yeah i mean the video part does suck because now we have to look at least somewhat presentable every time i guess i can't come up here you know like if i was not that i did but if i ever recorded naked you guys would have no idea i'm just sitting here chilling you know just doing whatever I, I want naked
2: from the waist down now
1: hey you know we all are have you ever seen those uh business videos where the guys stand up and it's like their business suits or, or their shirts are tucked into their boxers like we never had to worry about that really don't because again it, it's cut off here but uh, it's a uh, it's just funny thinking going back and thinking about all that stuff because like if only I could just like send a message back in time to 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 beginning podcasting Matt and be like, bro, you don't have to make this as difficult as you're making it, but you know for me, I'll say like we've we've had a ton of amazing guests come on, people in the community, we've had players come on, ex players. I've got to say that my favorite was obviously the man with the jersey sitting right behind you there. Dennis Archie Griffin. I still hate, I've, I have that saved on my computer and my microphone was such crap back then. Like I could hear the echo a little bit and I hate it because I feel like it ruins the experience when I go back and listen to it. But uh, that was probably by far my favorite interview we've done player person. We've got to talk to. Is there one that stands out for you guys is like something is just kind of like a really cool moment for you when we got to sit and talk to somebody.
2: No, you know, I really enjoyed having Archie on I think what was fun about that is that, you know, he doesn't play fantasy football and he doesn't really do any podcasting kind of stuff. So he was just like, Hey, let's talk about Ohio state, man. I love it. He was like, cause he loves Ohio state football to this day. And, uh, having him on was just, just such a blast. You know, I, I've enjoyed some of the people we've had on, you know, Marcus Grant, Bob Harris, Bob Lung, John Lobb, uh, Chris Stoops, Ricky Valero. We've had some really cool people in the industry on. these. come on and, uh, you know, make me feel like I need to work harder to step my game up. It's really exciting to have
3: guys like that on. You're muted, Matt. Apparently, I didn't learn to unmute myself. Some things, Some things remain consistent.
1: Hey, if if we're not consistent, you know, at least at least we See, have that, right?
3: Your paranoia is your kids in the background. My paranoia is some some calamity is going to befall the background, <laughs> and I'm going to have have it open. Uh, I've really enjoyed all the guests we've had. The um, you know, I feel like I learned so much uh, from that, and. Um, you know, they've really given us a lot of insights. Dennis hit, hit on a lot of them that were great. It was really cool uh, being on with, with Archie Griffin as well. Um, I've always gotten a kick out of John Lobb, too. He's so high energy. Um, those those hours just fly by.
1: Yeah, I, I will say talking with John is always a ton of fun. I, I remember the first time we had him on because I didn't know he was a Broncos fan. So it was kind of cool to listen to you two talk about, like, your love for the Broncos. And, yeah, he just... Like I feel like I mean, there are times that I definitely am I'm on here and I'm tired, but I feel like I'm usually pretty energetic when I do this. And John just takes it to a whole nother level every time. Like I, I love his passion and everything. He's the one person I'm really sad I did not get to meet in Canton this year. I know he was there, and somehow we just always missed each other, and I didn't actually get a chance to meet him. But I am hoping I get a chance to meet him in person this year at the Expo because he is uh, uh, a yeah, he's a lot of fun to
3: play in the King's Classic.
1: Funny John
2: Lobb story. So I know John Lobb was was in Canton because I did meet him. So I come down in the morning and I'm in the lobby there, area there, getting ready, you know, the whole breakfast buffet kind of thing, man. And I I hear that, I, I hear, I'm like, that fucking sounds like John Lobb. And I'm looking around like, and all of a sudden, Dude, you don't realize how big he is, man. He's probably, he, man, it felt like he was six foot five. Dude is big. I was like, John? And he's like, Dennis? And I'm like, oh my God, we happen to be staying in the same hotel. So he didn't actually make it to the expo the following day because he was headed out on, on Saturday after the Kings Classic. But man, it was wild. He was like right there in the lobby. And I was like, man, John.
1: But yeah, dude, I would hit. not have, uh, I would not have expected him to be big. Maybe it's just the way that his, well, I feel like that's everybody. I remember meeting so many people at Canton this year and it's like, Holy crap. You are taller than I expected you to be. Like every time I see somebody on here, you expect him Like, I feel like I'm somewhat average height and I'm like looking up at everybody at, uh, at Canton, which was a, a little unfun for me. But, uh, Matt, if a, I hate being the short one. That's the one thing I hated. At least I had Colin. Me and Colin, we stand strong together. It's like 5'10-ish. Five, 5'11 five, with the pointy hair. It's the only reason I spike it up all the time. So I have a half an inch on Colin. Uh, what's if there's one player person, anybody that you can interview in the next 500 episodes, who would it be?
3: We got to start working on getting Peyton on.
1: Peyton, I think he'd be an amazing guest. I really do. It'd be a lot of fun.
3: Supposedly he lives here. I keep hoping one day I'm going to like run into him at the grocery store, but I, I probably don't shop at expensive enough stores.
2: Yeah, probably not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, strike me as a gold foods kind of guy. No. Um, if, boy, if I could have any player on, or retired player, I, I think I would like to have, I'm trying to think like, who comes off as being like really funny and engaging, like, you know, Austin Eckler has really embraced fantasy. AJ Dillon has embraced fantasy. Um, And, and I think more and more guys are starting to, more and more players are starting to get into fantasy. I think it would be fun to, to have somebody like Tyreek Hill on. I think he would be, uh, I think he would be funny because he seems so goofy on the sideline. Baker Mayfield. Now he's probably not coming on because we got him as a you know low QB two, um, so he's probably not going to come on. He should have come on last year when we had Miss <laughs> QB one, Sir,
1: QB twelve for me every single year.
2: Um, but you know I don't know. I'd like to. I would. I think it'd be. Be interesting to maybe have someone like Bruce Arians or Dan Campbell, some of these don't give a shit kind of guys, because I think, you know, they, they, because they would come on and they would make fun of us. They'd be like, oh, And, and I think it would be cool to kind of convince them that, like, look, what matters to you is points and what matters to us is points. Just how we calculate the points is different is all.
1: Yeah, I mean, if, if I had to pick someone, it'd probably be Baker. I, I'd love to just be able to to talk with him for even – I mean, we only had Archie for like 20 minutes, even just 20 minutes with Baker Mayfield I think would be a highlight of my career. Justin Fields, another one too, just because I how much I I love him as a player. I'm trying to think. I mean, Odell, I'd love to sit and talk with Odell. I think he'd be incredibly fun to talk to, or Jarvis, any of those guys. I mean, it'd be yeah, – I'm trying to think of – like. You know who I think would be just, like, an awesome interview but would probably bring, like, no enthusiasm whatsoever? be Justin Herbert. Like, I'd love to just sit and talk to Justin Herbert, tell him about the tattoo I have riding on him and how I'd love to not get a dolphin, ba- tra- tra- dolphin tramp stamp on my back and I need him to win an MVP or a Super Bowl, which I'm sure he wants to do as well. Like, that's probably one of his goals. I'm like, if you can do that for me, buddy, and I don't have to, like, permanently have a dolphin hitting a beach ball on my back would be amazing. He had no interest. And then
3: you mentioned the the tattoo bet. He's like, I got to win one for
1: Matt. Hey, you know what? And when it happens, I'm like, can you just get me Super Bowl tickets and we can, you know, I'll I'll be, I'll pull like the Kevin Hart at Philly. I'll try and work my way up on stage and be like, I'll have to get a, a tramp stamp. It'll be, it'll be a lot of fun. I think, I think I'd love to get to know Mr. Justin Herbert. He is my hero. <sighs> Anything else? I'm trying to think of anything else that we could talk about on that. So
3: does anybody have like favorite episodes or segments? Uh,
2: I, you know, I don't know. I was like looking back through the list today and there's so much of what we do is just kind of all business. Um, you know, I, obviously I, I like the episodes where uh, guys I talked about do well. You know, those are always my favorites. They're so few and far between, um, but but be, you know we stick to business so often that it's just there's any kind of I think shtick that we have just kind of happens naturally. We don't really do bits or anything, you know. Now that Matt doesn't do sound drops in post production anymore, uh, not that he should start again. I I fully understand. <laughs>
1: I, you know, you I've,
3: I mean, I've I feel like we bust it, each other up at least three times an episode. There's, yeah.
1: there's some, there's some interesting times when someone says something like I feel is the perfect time to drop. Then I always forget where it's at, and it's a little bit harder to do. It's probably not hard to do. I just need to write it down. I just get so kind of I me. Mean, I can barely, I can barely read, right most of the time. Like I got this show sheet that Matt, Matt spends all day on, and I'm up here and I just like butcher every other sentence, and I'm like, and then try to write down stuff to where the insert drops is probably just, you know, it's not, it's not. You can,
2: I can barely you, can get you one of the one of the boards where you can just hit a button in it while, while it happens. I need and to do it live.
1: I, i used to have the i still have it somewhere so the one hashtag that goals
3: for 2022 season sound. i have the one that barker sent
1: me somewhere it's just getting them upright, right and then i have to like make sure i do it right on my computer because my luck i'll like program the wrong sound or something on there and it'll be completely inappropriate And i'm like well and that was live too so you know we'll figure out how to edit that in post i guess so uh, yeah it's it's one of those things um I'm trying to think of a favorite so, episode from do me. you
3: remember what uh what my first episode was i don't i feel like you've you been doing me. it forever so it was you and me talking game of thrones
1: was that it
3: that i you know the I... very first one it was like we, i think we did it all probably over two hours we were getting ready yeah. before we knew the horror that awaited us in season eight uh but talking about all of our hopes and dreams and I will never forget that. I thought I think my wife thought I died. I was down in the basement so long. She's like, "Are you still on that call?"
1: Yeah, I still have the uh, the intro for that on because um, I created like a whole intro just for that episode, and I still have that on my computer. I saw it the other day, and I was like, "Oh, hey, I remember this." We've done a lot of. That's probably the one thing. This is probably Warner. some of my favorite episodes, just because we get to talk. Marvel, and then we've had people in here like Austin has jumped in every once in a while and talked about different stuff with us. I, I do love talking about that stuff, getting getting all choked up over Iron Man passing away. If, I'm sorry. Spoiler alert if you haven't watched that at this point. It's been three years. But, it's been three uh, years know.
3: now. LeSean McCoy waited three hours. You know, I, I,
1: mean, I don't even think he even, waited three hours. He waited like three minutes. I
2: know that happened, it, and I, I like – I am not part of the pop culture corner, and even I know that happened.
1: But yeah, it's it's definitely been a lot of fun. Well, and the episode that we did where we talked about the longest
3: night episode, I remember doing that. I did that from the bathroom of the hotel we were in. Thank God we weren't on video. No, yeah. That's when I was traveling to see my grandma. Let's see. Oh, like, yeah, you were yeah. in the bathroom for a long time. I was like, I was talking to somebody. She's like, <laughs> God?
1: I mean, I've been called worse. I'm just kidding. Anyway, so yeah, it's it's been it's been a fun ride for sure. Hopefully, there's 500 more of these in our future. I'm excited to see because things it's it's definitely grown a lot as well from episode one when I remember putting this up on what was I using? I don't remember what I used to use back then with like our five downloads. To I don't want to talk. I don't like to. It was Spreaker. Good job. It's sad that I don't remember that, but you do. Uh, I uh, To now, which I don't like to broadcast our numbers, but we do very well, at least in my opinion, for for the downloads that we get every episode. So I do want to say thank you to all of you. It's continued to grow. Why you listen to me mostly, I don't understand. I understand why you listen to Matt and Dennis. But I appreciate you know every single one of you that have stuck with us for 500 episodes. Because to me, that is a really cool mark. It's not something when... When I started this, when, you know, Dennis and I talked about this with Matt, for those of you who don't know, like Matt was the one who got me into writing and everything at FLA used to be my editor, he had me do Cleveland Brown stuff and then allowed me to go into fantasy stuff, which at which point Dennis joined us and he did his down to dynasty stuff. And that's when he started gaining a lot of popularity. He was the one who suggested us do a podcast. And I started up never sitting in my little guest bedroom, listening to my kids scream thunder, lawn mowing. Did I ever think we would make 500 episodes? Here we are. It's been really cool. So anything else you two want to say before we jump into actual NFL stuff now?
3: Oh, look, Dennis Dennis picked up my curse.
2: I, I, I think Matt and I double clicked almost simultaneously. So when we started, I was like, oh, you know, there's all these writers – for, we had started the uh, fantasy football roundtable uh, group from FLA, and then we were starting a league. And the whole concept was like, "Hey, man, there's like 12 of us. We'll be this fantasy football roundtable and start a show. And that way, no one person will end up having to carry all the weight for the show. There will be multiple. We can always have two or three different guides on. We can do shows and and." And then Matt just did like every show. It's like everybody, myself included, was like, oh, I got kid stuff. I got this. I can't do it. And then it was like Matt's like, you know, I get off work at like 2 o'clock in the afternoon. He was posting episodes by 3.30. And it was just like episode after episode. He was like a machine.
3: Still is.
1: You know, the funny thing about that, like I don't think I've ever told anybody this. I keep knocking my camera. You can see my wonderful little airplanes thing back there to kind of limit the uh the sound buffer. So on my like really difficult days of work, I kid you not, and this is again where the, the post editing made a lot of fun. There were times that I would fall asleep while I was recording. <laughs> Cause I was so tired at times. And so, like I'd be talking, and then my wife would come up and be like, Hey, you okay? I'm like, oh God, how long was I up here? She's like, for an hour and a half. I was like, well, let's go back to where the uh, the sound waves stopped so I know when I fell asleep, and let's figure out where I stopped, so I can start back up again. That was uh, back in the good old days. Now, the kids, yeah, you. That's you what happens.
2: That's what happens
1: when you get up at like one a.m. to go to work. That's true. Now it's three a.m. It's been a little bit easier. Those those two hours. It, it, well, it also helps that my kids like are actually going to sleep now at a decent time compared to like staying up all night and all that other good stuff. And, you know, just generally being well behaved. So that that's very helpful. Very, very helpful. So speaking of well behaved people, Mike McDaniel, one of the very, very, Seems very respected coach, especially players coach. A lot of the 49ers uh, players were tweeting out congratulations to him. Is I believe it's being finalized or has it been finalized. Is going to be the head coach of the Miami Dolphins.
3: I believe that one's finalized.
1: So he will be the head coach of the Miami Dolphins. He's the quote-unquote offensive coordinator. I know, obviously, Kyle Shanahan gets a lot of the credit for the way that the offense runs, but he is the run game coordinator for the 49ers, which probably means good things for whatever running back is drafted. Cause I don't think it is going to be the miles Gaskin show there anymore. But Matt, what are your thoughts on Mike McDaniel getting a shot young too? He's let's say he's been with Kyle Shanahan for like over a decade, right? Like 14, 15 years. Yeah, well, and he's not even 40 years old yet.
3: He actually started working for Mike Shanahan uh, in Denver and went with Kubiak to Houston uh, and was with him for a while. Went back with Mike Shanahan in Washington, which is you know, Kyle. Sometimes you got to wonder about the what Washington, why why they weren't more successful. Because at one point in time, I think they had McVay, Lafleur, Mike McDaniel, Kyle Shanahan, Shanahan all, all there, there. <laughs> and somehow it just never worked out. And then he proceeded on with Shanahan to Atlanta and San Francisco. Seems like an interesting hire. I think we have all been curious to see if the Dolphins can uh, get the most out of Tua uh, and some of their pieces on offense. So it makes sense that they kind of went with the younger offensive head coach to try to make some inroads there. And I'll be excited to see what he does One thing you would say through all those systems he's worked in, they've always had a good and consistent run game, which is something that's been sorely lacking in Miami. I'll be interested to see what kind of backs maybe they try to get in free agency. Do they draft somebody? Can they maximize the potential of a Miles Gaskin?
2: Now, for a number of years, he was just qualified. His title was offensive assistant. But for the last four years, he's been the running game coordinator or offensive coordinator for San Francisco. In those four years, San Fran has had two years of top six running back production and then two years outside of the top 12. I think it's a situation where at, at – I think he's like 38 years old or 36 years old. The The – Proof is going to be and can he delegate? He how is thirty-eight. Much, how much is he going to be able to give up? Who's he? Who's going to be his offensive coordinator? Um, I feel like whoever his offensive coordinator is is going to be somebody that's kind of the quarterback coach type of person. He'll he'll stick with his bread and butter run game um, creation work work in. You know, one of the things I read today. Uh, Uh, I think it was, it wasn't Albert Breer. Who was it? um, Said that Shanahan would go and spend the beginning of the week working on the passing game. And then on Wednesday, he would then bring McDaniel in whose job was to put together the run game for that week. And then by, usually by Friday, they would have it nailed down uh, because he was basically so creative and he trusted him like he was a ball boy for Mike Shanahan, uh, I believe. And so
3: he was an intern.
2: Yeah. And it's like, he, he kind of has that, I think it's like a little brother type complex, uh, with, with, uh, Kyle Shanahan and that's, and Kyle has always kind of brought him along wherever he's been, uh, because he believed in him as a coach. Now, It'd be I, I kind of am I, I know that the, the desire is for them to bring in a big splashy running back, but they didn't do that in San Francisco. And so I don't know that I necessarily expect that. It would be wild to see with Salvan Ahmed and his explosiveness. Can he get something out of that? I'm not totally I'm not totally buying into the fact that they don't try to move on with the running backs they have. Um, you know they'll probably bring in a free agent, somebody to take the Mal- Malcolm Brown role. I don't know if Brown is going to be back after being injured, but I feel like they're going to need a short yardage guy, and may- maybe maybe he inputs somebody in the Kyle Juszczyk kind of role. Uh, I know there's some talk about uh, how how they use the tight end, what kind of thing can happen there. You know, Gasicki is. Well, I think is he a free agent or is?
3: Yeah, he is a free agent, and that's a big. There are a lot of questions about Miami personnel that kind of have to be answered. Will Fuller never really worked out as a free agent? You know, Waddle never and really worked are out to be a there draft pick either, buddy. <laughs> Maybe Duke Johnson will stay. Maybe, Maybe you, know, you know they
2: did sign. I think they did sign Duke to a two-year deal.
3: He. No, all joking aside, he actually looked really good in that offense that they were running right. at the end of last season. He looked like he still had some juice left.
2: Well, I mean, he's had a couple of years off, so it's not like he's had a lot of wear and tear these past couple of seasons.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I uh, I think it's a very interesting hire. I'm, I'm very curious to see how well it, it works. I mean, he gets a lot of love. It seems like a lot more this year than recent like I'm gonna be honest I don't know that I ever knew who you know Mike McDaniel was until this year and then he really started to become popular with his press conferences and like how much fun he had with those he had the Mike Jones thing earlier this year seemed like a lot of people really started to kind of like fall in love with him and his personality and now he's getting a shot I mean I'm I'm all for it obviously I'm still you know I as I've said before I don't understand why. Um, I mean, I, I get part of why Brian Flores was let go, so I'm, I'm interested to see what Mc, Mike McDaniel does because he's taking over a team that was very successful in the back half of the season. When they went on like eight, an eight-game winning streak, am I remembering that correctly? Like I know they, they almost made the playoffs. They missed by one. Losing to Tennessee is really what kind of cost them, so... Overall, I'm very curious to see what they do. I, I do think that they'll probably draft a running back. I mean, I don't know that any of those guys go in the first round this year. I mean, Matt and myself did a, a mock earlier, and we only had one go in the first round. I believe it was Kenneth Walker to the Cardinals, if I remember correctly. So, which is which is fine if I was trying I to... I actually mocked
3: up. him to the Dolphins, but I don't know if, okay. if I would. I mean... I think it depends on what's out there. Miami, you can make a case for them building an offensive line, but the way we had done that mock, there were so many linemen that were gone. I feel like probably running back is a big need. It's whether they want to go for a big one. They've eschewed that the last couple of years. Maybe they circle back but dennis is right that's never really been if he come you know coming from the seeing him come from the the shanahan both mike and kyle neither of those guys has been about a big name running back necessarily it's about finding good draft value so you would think if they follow that they're more likely to get somebody like an elijah mitchell kind of guy that comes later that they figure out how to use well
2: i
1: mean williams there could be some of those guys. I mean, I know Damian Pierce has gotten a lot of love this week because of the senior bowl. I don't know that uh, he might now with all, the, with all the the love that he's getting, how great he was this week. Maybe he gets up into the third round. He's a guy that probably wasn't going around there. I mean, I've, I've been big on Abram Smith. He's a guy I don't think maybe end of day two. So I, I think the, the thing with them is who and how do the running backs fall? Because I think if the right guy falls, I mean, Brees Hall I think would be good. In that offense, same with Isaiah Spiller, Kenneth Walker. I think any of those guys could be good in that system. If any of those guys fall far enough, will the 49ers take them? And at that point, 49ers, I'm sorry, it'll be the Dolphins now. And what that may, what that could mean for them. Lovey Smith, Dennis is practically, it seems like going to be the guy they've announced. He's going to be, I don't think that they've announced he, the final contract hired. details, but he is being hired now as the head coach of the Houston Texans. Your thoughts?
2: He got the obligatory one-year contract to coach the Houston Texans, and it will be somebody's turn next year.
3: You know, I,
2: I think Lovey is a pretty good defensive coordinator, but after he left the NFL before, and went to Illinois. Now, as a Big Ten guy, I grant you, there's not a high bar for success at Illinois. Uh, and I think he was like six and thirteen, or something like that. Or it, it wasn't a, a, a great record at Illinois. I I don't know what's going on in Houston, man. I, I don't. I I just don't know. It almost feels like they were like they had decided Flores is our guy we're going to bring him in that'll salvage the relationship with Deshaun Watson. Uh, and then Flora sued the NFL and, and it's like, "Mm, can't do that now. So, well, that kind of, that doesn't go, that goes against what the NFL is trying to do. I think as far as, um, advancing minority candidates, uh, I do think it's probably, you're probably not going to make an offer to somebody who has a a job offer to somebody who has an active lawsuit against you, um, unless they'll drop the lawsuit. But, Lovey, you you know, I feel like it was just, it's a situation that's shitty. And I think it's shitty because of the front office. And I think there are guys like Eric Biennami who are like, nah, thanks, I'm, I'm good. I'll wait it out another cycle. I think the enemy at this point is cherry picking and he's saying, look, I I've proven what I can do. And so I'm going to, I'm not going to take just any shit job just to be a head coach. And I, that's kind of what Houston is. And and I think the hiring of Lovey Smith kind of tells me, it's like, why the heck did you fire David Culley then? I mean, it doesn't, there, there's no rhyme or reason other than, having to go well we fired our other coach so i guess we got to hire somebody
3: that's 100% how i feel no no offense to lovey smith who's been you know i thought he did a decent job for a few years there in chicago didn't really work out in tampa bay didn't work out <clears throat> that well in illinois i'm sort of fascinated because he ran the defense for the texans last year and i wouldn't exactly say they had a defense um, but I feel like they fired David Cully. I didn't think that was a great move at the time. I thought it seemed a little unfair for a guy that we kind of all thought helped that team outperform modest expectations. But it seemed like they did that because they had some kind of plan in mind, and I feel like that plan fell apart, and now – you know now they're kind of scrambling to keep the good coaches they have it looked like pep hamilton was rumored to be the 49ers were looking at him for offensive coordinator so they went ahead and kept him and promoted him up and they hired levy smith before they they could lose what they had it was all you know maybe i'm wrong but it certainly feels like kind of a oh maybe we made a mistake we better do what we got to do
1: yeah, that's, that's exactly how I view it. Uh, I don't know why they let go of David Culley. We've talked a lot about it. That team really seemed to like playing for him. They got, I thought there was a chance they were going to go 0-16. They won multiple mm-hmm. games this year. They played a lot better than I expected them to. Just made no sense. I mean, I'm, I agree with what Dennis said. This feels like it's going to be just another one-year contract thing until they're able to find somebody else to bring in. Um, you know, Good for Lovie Smith continuing to get the back because – he's been a head coach a couple of times. He was very successful with Chicago and maybe it'll be different. I think it's going to depend completely on who they bring in on as the offensive coordinator. Cause I do feel like the teams that's in the past. That he's had... Okay. Well, I don't know that that's very inspiring either. Last time I, I could be wrong here, but the last time I remember Pep Hamilton being an offensive coordinator, it wasn't great. So I'll be curious to see what the Texans do. I mean, we're not expecting them to be great anyways, I guess so at the end of the day, it probably doesn't matter, but I just feel like I'm kind of with you, Matt, like the the getting rid of David Culley makes absolutely no sense now whatsoever with what they've done. And thank you, Peter, for the congratulations on the 500th episode. We appreciate it.
3: To be fair, Pep Hamilton was the QV coach and passing game coordinator last year and Davis Mills. Oh,
1: OK, well, Davis Mills did definitely prove me wrong. Didn't so. Davis
3: Mills come from Stanford?
1: Yes. Yes, he did.
3: And didn't Pep Hamilton coach at Stanford before he went over to – That's a good question. What's, what's a I don't cult? know. I um, remember
1: him with the Colts. That's what I remember him with. I don't remember – let's look it up. Dennis, you're talking – He also had a team in the AAF. Maybe. Pep I'm, Hamilton.
2: I'm looking right at it. Pep was the, at Stanford from 2010 Thank to 2012. You. Then he so, went to Indianapolis as the OC.
1: Oh, was he the DC coach? He was. DC that was, that was Devinas, my yeah, that was, that was,
3: with, uh, my yeah, with our our former Cardale. Yeah, Cardale, Cardale Jones, and baby. they actually looked pretty decent.
1: Yeah, so maybe I'm wrong. You know, Davis Mills definitely. Like I like said he proved me wrong last year. He looked, he looked really good at times. So maybe that
3: means hmm. they're uh, gonna roll it back with Davis Mills though, because we had wondered yeah. was he gonna get more of a shot.
2: Well, Pep Hamilton was was rookie Justin Herbert quarterback coach.
3: And Justin nah, Herbert he had a this year. pretty good rookie year. So, oh come on, he looked better so this year.
1: He looked much better this year. Justin Herbert was on fire for half the season. Well, that'll be interesting to see if they go take a take a quarterback now. I'll be I'll be interested. I apologize, Pep, if you're listening. Probably were. I apologize. I feel like I just beat be <laughs> well now we to we you. Well, we blew our shot. I remember. Effort. Last I remember you weren't that good. I was wrong. You've been really good actually the past couple years see him So I apologize about that. Speaking of things not being good, Alvin Kamara was arrested unfortunately. I believe it was last night, right? After an incident after an incident on Saturday night which makes little to no sense to me why it took that long to get arrested. Um I will be honest, all I know is that they're him. I doubt he was that hard to find, but you know, <laughs> that, that was is part of it. His is, I guess. Going,
2: hey, it's that dude right there. Uh,
1: I did not look deep into exactly what happened here. So all I'll say is it's obviously not a great look. Um, but I don't really know what happened. So if either one of you have something you want to add on that, go ahead.
3: So apparently there's a surveillance video, which doesn't, uh, doesn't sound great. Um, it was a pretty serious charge he was charged with battery resulting in substantial bodily harm which is a felony in nevada and would carry jail time so this is going to be you know there's the the moral part of it which you know thoughts and prayers to the victim and wait and see how it plays out from a fantasy perspective that's something you're gonna have to watch very, very closely. You
2: know, I've I've heard a couple of different versions. One is is that it was a fan who was excited and without permission reached up and touched Kamara's hair. And Kamara jacked him, knocked him out. So I I don't know that. You know, the the fan certainly doesn't have the right to touch him, but I don't know that that warrants knocking him out. But I also, you know, it's Saturday before the Pro Bowl. I suspect everybody was hung over on Sunday playing that game, maybe 75% of them. Uh, I shouldn't say everybody. It's painting with quite a broad brush. But, I mean, they're out at a club in Las Vegas before the Pro Bowl. Uh, You know, nothing – not a lot of good is going to come from that. If It's probably going to get settled out of court. He's probably going to get suspended for a couple games. Um, whether or not that's the right thing is something I'll leave for other people to debate. But, you know, it could be more serious. Maybe the person, maybe the video doesn't show uh, – the guy doing touching Kamara's hair or anything, or, or maybe it doesn't show any sort of pro- provocation. Yeah, you know, I don't know. It's uh, it's not a good. You don't want to put yourself in those types of situations.
1: Yeah, I mean that that's the big thing, right? You don't want to be in that kind of situation, but. If what you said is true, Dennis, and that he touched Alvin Kamara, I mean, I'm someone who, and if I don't know you, I really don't want you touching me, and I don't have, you know, magnificent hair like Alvin Kamara does, so, you know, everybody's different with that, and I don't want to make an excuse for him, but obviously, I I agree, There's if they're in a club and it's that late at night, in a casino, whatever they were at, I'm sure there was drinks of flowing. Not everybody's probably thinking clearly, including the person who touched Alvin Kamara. So, still, it's a bad story all around. You'd like this not to happen. Um, obviously, as Matt said, hopefully the the victim is going to be okay, and, and you know we'll see what happens and what this means for Alvin Kamara. I, I, we can't, you know, we'll see. I, I don't want to project and say, oh, well, he could be in jail, suspensions. We'll we'll talk about that when it happens. But just still, still not a great look. The one thing I will say is. We have never heard one inkling of bad stuff about Alva Kamar off the field, so I don't think this is like some kind of trend or anything like that. It seems to be just kind of a one-off bad incident. And I will say, I tend not to try and judge people off of one bad move, especially this could be the worst thing that Alvin Kamar has ever done in his life. So we we'll, we'll, we're not going to judge him. We'll continue to see what happens. Dennis, it is Super Bowl weekend. What is one way some people can win some money this Sunday?
2: The moment we've been waiting for since September is finally here. In honor of the big game, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56, is giving new customers 56 to 1 odds on either team. Just bet $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in New York, meaning you can bet from almost a third of the country. If Sportsbook isn't in your state yet, play DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest for Super Bowl 56. New customers can get a free shot at $1 million top prize with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, use promo code TPPN, and get 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code TPPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56. 21 or older, minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited. Get a gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text the Tennessee red line 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org chat. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NEW-YORK or text HOPE-NEW-YORK-467-369.
3: I like the other way we did it better.
2: Good old Hope
1: New York. Gotta <laughs> love that. So let's talk a little bit about some rookie profiles here. We're going to do running backs. Uh, and we're, we're going to talk about probably the three top guys for everybody. since you've been going first. I'm just going to let you keep that train rolling. You are going to be talking about Kenneth Walker.
3: Yep. Kenneth Walker the third. Uh Probably uh, the one that uh, has maybe the most juice going into the draft because of having a huge 2021 season. He started out Wake Forest for a couple of years, didn't get a ton of opportunities, seemed to look pretty decent when he got opportunities, Um, you know, averaged 5.9. Yards per carry, only got 98 carries uh, in 13 games in in his first year Wake Forest. Only got 119 carries in his second year, but averaged 4.9 yards, but then transferred over to Michigan State. Uh, And obviously the Big Ten, a huge running conference. 12 games, he got 264 carries, and he went off. Uh, Had 1,646 yards, averaged 6.2 yards a carry. Ran for 18 touchdowns. Uh, you know, he was a finalist in the Heisman voting. He won a whole bunch of awards. Um, was the dope Walker Award winner, Walter Camp Player of the Year. Um, so probably gonna have some of the biggest name value among the running backs because, you know, of recency and what we saw. Uh, was a pretty powerful runner. I mean, he was he was impressive in a lot of the things I saw. One of the things we don't get a great sample of, um, In college is him as a receiver. He wasn't bad uh, in what he did catch. He had uh, 13 receptions for 89 yards last year. That's just not a whole lot of volume. So he probably profiles as a guy you're taking to just pound
1: the rock. Yeah. Uh, I like Kenneth Walker a lot. He's a guy that um, uh, Jared Wackerly I know has talked a lot about over the past couple of years. He was a guy I really liked at Wake Forest as well. I never understood why he didn't get the ball at Wake Forest because I felt like he was by far the best player they had on that team. Uh, that was back when they had uh, Jamie Newman, uh, Donovan Green. I'm trying to remember who the wide receiver was. He ended up coming out and unfortunately not being great. Sometimes
3: these teams just don't know how to use – their players. And when you see them transfer to a place, it seemed like when he got his opportunity, he definitely made the most of it.
1: Yeah, it it was. And the one thing I will say with with Walker, though, I do like him a lot. And I do think he's the top. He's a top three back in this class. He did get, I think some help from a guy like Mel Tucker, who Matt, you may know, was uh, the guy that uh, believed in Philip Lindsay, and was the reason that Lindsay had such a great college career as well, which helped him obviously mm. into his NFL success as well. As well. So uh, I, I'm very excited to see what Kenneth Walker does in the NFL draft. Dennis, do you have any thoughts on Walker?
2: Now I, I like Walker a lot. I, you know, my biggest concern with him is will he be able to be involved on third downs, or does he end up getting you know painted like a Jordan Howard? Uh, I think he's definitely more explosive. He's got good size. Uh, he can. He showed that he can handle carrying the load. So if he just steps up his game, his passing game contributions to functional, as long as he can pick up the blitz, catch the check downs. Um, I think we get enamored sometimes, like you'll hear from me when I talk about Isaiah Spiller. Uh, we get enamored with running backs, pass catching abilities. Um, but, you know, they're running backs. They're not wide receivers. You know, they need to be good at running the ball first. And Kenneth Walker certainly is that.
1: Yeah, the, the one thing I'll say on Walker, I, I am not saying that he is going to be that player. But the one thing I'll, I'll agree with what Dennis was saying is I, I feel like you're hoping he is what Nick Chubb is for the Browns and that he just gets a ton of volume is able to get you those yards and touchdowns because i do i don't know that he's not a good receiving back but the next two running backs we're going to talk about dennis isaiah spiller me and Brees hall have had a lot more receptions on record well, and, and are using that part of the game more than walker ever was
3: and that's probably the question is walker not a good receiver or did he not really get an opportunity because that isn't the systems that he was in
1: I think it's more not the system because there were a few times uh, in Wake Forest that he made some good catches, but I will say he's not like near the top. If I had to grade him receiving wise, I wouldn't even put him in like top five, six in this class. I mean, there's a lot of guys in this class who I think are really good receiving backs, including the next two, Dennis, because I think you have your guy is the best receiving back out of the three we're talking about today. So tell us a little bit about Isaiah Spiller.
2: So Spiller checks in 6'1", 2'15". He's only 20 years old. He's not going to – I believe his birthday is in August, so he's not even going to be 21 until uh, about the time the season starts. Start – walked onto to the campus at Texas A&M as the starting running back. Started for three years, uh, kind of much like my affinity for quarterbacks who start a lot of games. Uh, Spiller started uh, 35 games for Texas A&M in three years. Uh, he didn't quite get the workhorse uh, workload. You know, he never broke 200 carries. Uh, his freshman year, he played 13 games. That was his high water, or no, his senior year. He had a or sophomore, excuse me, had 188 carries. Um, he broke a thousand yards as sophomore and junior seasons, put up 25 total touchdowns, and he caught 74 passes uh, during his career they texas a&m was willing to line him up outside let him catch the ball out there he's more advanced in the passing game uh, but he's at the same time a very adept runner really good speed uh, at 215 pounds he has good power though sometimes he'll dance around a little bit and try to use his speed more uh, when he should just convert to power and move on to the next play Uh, i like spiller a lot he's he's you know, if you looked at, I think the, the top three running backs. I think Spiller. What keeps Spiller from being number one, I, I think, is the uh, the workhorse perception that Brees Hall has. Spiller has the the passing down chops. He's a good running back. Uh, what we don't want to see is like what happened to Duke Johnson the leading rusher in my the University of Miami history who ends up in the NFL and is all of a sudden a passing game specialist, uh, even though Johnson was, what, 5'10", 209. He, you know, he wasn't tiny. Uh, but, you know, we'll have to see. I, I want, I'd love to see him get drafted so, somewhere where he can step in. I'd hate to see him end up in a Javante Williams situation, you know, where he lands somewhere and he has to share, like, You know, if he goes to Seattle for instance, and it's him and Rashad Penny, and they're splitting everything 50-50. Terrible situation. I'd love to see him maybe go to Arizona. Connor and Edmonds are both free agents. I don't think Jonathan Ward is really uh, gonna stress the starting situation. So Spiller could step in right there, become the the starting running back. Houston needs a starting running back, you know, stay close to home. some of the thing I think that capped his college production is his first two seasons. He had Kellen Mond at quarterback who, while he was drafted into the NFL, he was also had a propensity to run the ball himself. And so sometimes he would keep it on the RPO, hold the ball. Uh, and then his, his junior year of, is the, is it Devin Arcane came in
1: at Texas? Chain Devin, not uh, Yeah.
2: Came in that Texas A&M. Uh, uh, highly regarded as an NFL prospect in his own right. So he was kind of splitting carries there. Um, I think if if I'm looking at, if it's a one quarterback uh, draft for fantasy, Spiller probably goes off the board for me at maybe 104. I think I'd still go Brees Hall, um, uh, Traylon Burks, Maybe I go Spiller 3, it'd be Spiller or Garrett Wilson, you know, back and forth at 3 or 4.
1: You know, it's interesting that you say that, because right now there is a mock draft video premiering on the Campus to Canton channel, and that's exactly where I took Isaiah Spiller, was at 1-4. It's a single QB draft. I took Burks, Hall, and Wilson all ahead of uh, Spiller. The one thing I'll say about Spiller, because I agree with you, I think the knock he gets is that they say he's not a workhorse, I think you've got to look a little bit, too, at the way that Jimbo Fisher runs his offenses. There's another running back, and I can't remember who it is off the top of my head, but in all the years that he's been NFL, a college head coach, he's only had three running backs break 200 carries, and it was Dalvin Cook twice and Travion Williams of all running backs, the guy that we all thought was going to be the guy in Cincinnati there with Joe Mixon and has done nothing. Those are the only two running backs that I can remember. There's one other I know for sure, but those are the only two that I can remember that went over 200 carries. He just, he doesn't really have that workhorse back. So I don't know that it's not Spiller can't do it, but yes, that is definitely a knock on him, fair or unfair. I think more of that is probably Jimbo Fisher than Isaiah Spiller. So I get to talk about Brees Hall here, who is... In my opinion, he's the running back one. It is very close for me between him and Isaiah Spiller. I agree with Dennis. Like it's For me, it's whichever way you want to go. I don't necessarily think there's a wrong answer. I think we can all admit that all three of these guys who are likely the top three for everybody aren't really RB1 potential, but they're probably consistent RB2s for fantasy, depending on where they go. The big thing will be for like a Hall and a Spiller. If they get a lot of receptions, maybe they jump up into that wide receiver one range. Reese Hall, though, coming into college was not a highly recruited prospect like Spiller was. Uh, He was the 339th player, 22nd RB in his class. He he was a three-star. He got his four-star right at the end of the process. Did, though, all the way back in high school show a lot of that receiving chops. He had 32 receptions for over 718 yards, and that's just in two years. Uh, I could not find the other two, but I'm almost positive he had – close to like 60 receptions in high school. So he was a good receiving back as well in high school comes into college and he was not expected to be the starter as a freshman, but he takes that job over gets 186 carries for nine, 897 yards and nine touchdowns adds 23 receptions for 252 yards. And then that just continued to pile up every single year. His biggest year was, being the COVID season in 2020 where he had 279 yards for 1,572 rushing yards, 21 rushing touchdowns, 23 catches for 180 yards. This year had even more catches, 36 catches for 302 yards. So he can do it all. I do not think he is quite as good a receiving back as Isaiah Spiller is, but he is not bad at all. Like it's a – Very small margin between the two of them. The biggest thing you're going to see with uh, a hall that I think he gets knocked for is he doesn't have that home run speed. I've said it before. I'll say it again. I don't care about that. Like if you have that, it's a plus it's definitely a feather in your cap, but I don't need my running back to take every single run to the house. What I love about Brees Hall is that he's very good footwork. He seems to be very light on his feet for his size. He has incredible vision. He almost always hits the hole. He is very patient, and he hits cutback lanes when he needs to, and he's always getting yards. So I went and did it, and I wish I had my notebook in front of me. I've gone back the past four draft classes and done a no-gain-loss ratio for every single running back. I've done, like, I think – Last year's class, I did 10 of the running backs. I mean, pretty much Brees Hall. I have not finished this year yet, but his freshman season and his sophomore season both came in at 11%. That is up there with guys like Zeke, Jonathan Taylor, J.K. Dobbins. Jonathan Taylor and J.K. Dobbins are two, actually, of the only running backs who had a less than double percentage. So, like, they had, there was one... J.K. Dobbins surprisingly has the lowest, which kind of surprised me, at 8% one year. His freshman season, which Dennis will probably remember because nobody expected J.K. Dobbins to be the, be there, but Mike Weber gets hurt, comes out, and just has a phenomenal season. 8% of, the, of his runs went for a no-gain or loss. Brees Hall two years in a row was at 11%. That is very good. That means he's getting positive yards on almost every single play. That is what I like about him so much is – That matters not just to college but to NFL offenses when you can hand the ball to a guy, and he may not get you 60 yards on the run, but if he gets you 4 or 5, and next thing you know, it's 2nd and 5, and then 3rd and 1, and he's a guy that doesn't have to come off the field for 3rd down because he's a good receiving back. I think Brees Hall is going to be a very good running back in the NFL. Legitimately, the only thing I have against him is he doesn't have home run speed. Outside of that, he's a very good running back. A lot of people are going to, in my opinion, I don't want to offend anybody, give kind of like a lazy comp to David Montgomery because they went to the same school. They're almost built the same. They almost kind of do a lot of the same things. I don't think that, I think he's more of like a Carlos Hyde type without the injury concerns. And Carlos Hyde we saw was a very good, very productive back in the NFL. That's what I think he can be, but he's a better receiver than Carlos Hyde. Well, we never really saw Hyde put out the receiving ability. We saw him, get a lot of receiving volume, I believe, when he was with the 49ers, but it never really turned into much, and I don't think he was the receiving back that that Hall is. Brees Hall, uh, overall, I think he's going to be a very good running back. Probably if he gets a lot of receptions, the volume in the receiving game will and can turn out some RB1 years, but I think more than likely he's going to consistently be in like that 13-18 to 18 range every single year. He's just going to be a running back. You can plug in your lineup every single week. He's going to get you like – 10 to 14 points, depending on if he gets you a couple touchdowns and he's just going to be a set it and forget it kind of guy. Like he's never going to be that sexy name, but he's going to be a guy that you're going to be happy you have on your team. Cause he's going to produce for you every single week. Thoughts.
3: You guys made me excited to see where some of these people land. Hopefully they don't land in any dreadful what would be what would maybe be an ideal landing spot you think for him to maximize?
1: So, it's hard to say because I I was trying to pull it up. So, he ran him and I think both him and Spiller both were like heavy zone running running backs in in college. And now I, I don't know Miami was one of those, but I don't I, I don't think and maybe it's just me. Up to, I don't think they do a lot of zone running with the 49ers. So I don't think McDaniels is going to keep that. Like, I think they ran like 75% zone running out of Miami when Brian Flores was there, but Atlanta is one of the highest zone running teams. And obviously if either one of those guys lands there, that's a great spot with what we've seen with Arthur Smith. Um, I still think Miami would be a good spot. Arizona is another spot that, has done a lot of that as well that I think would be a good spot. I mean, I know they've still got chase Edmonds there um, and someone that is, or Connor has said he wants to go back there. I don't know if they keep him there, but I, I do think that cliff Kingsbury seems to want that running back that can do it all. And I think if either one of those guys were to go there, as long as he doesn't, I've done a lot of these mocks where like, I do like these predictive mocks on different things and like, all keeps landing with the Ravens for some reason. I would hate that. Like, I, I love Dobbins, and I think he, he'd take that backfield. Now, we've seen what Dobbins and Edwards have been able to do together. Maybe he takes over in that Edwards role. But uh, I honestly think wherever he goes, he likely has a chance to produce, as long as it's not to, like, the Giants behind Barkley or Titans behind Henry, anything like that.
3: Dennis is right. Both Edmonds and Connor are free agents. Ah,
1: okay. Well, even better.
2: Now, I— have you established, going back through the last four seasons, a threshold for your um, loss no gain yes. line? So yes, yeah, so like,
1: well. In doing that, I'm obviously basing it off right now because I've i just started doing like I just started doing this a year ago it was the first year I actually started looking at this just to see what would any players who have come in, uh, what is it to twelve percent have been ef- effective in the NFL. And that includes a guy like James Robinson, who was very hard to find that on, by the way. I had to literally go game log by game log. for I don't even remember the college he played for. But anybody ob- over that, there's not been anybody who has fallen under the 12% that has not been good in the NFL. Then 13 to 16 has been average backs, and then anything above that not really showed much NFL success. I think the one which we haven't seen a lot of that, if I'm being fair. Khalil Herbert was one who did have a couple good games for the Bears. His best was a 14%. There was someone else who that was, I guess, if you want to say he was the outlier. He had, like, two years of 20%. And I can't remember for the life of me who it is, but he's actually been fairly good in the NFL. But for the most part, anybody who's been, like, I'm talking to Jonathan Taylor, Zeke, like, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was the guy I just did recently, and you would think he'd have a good one, right? Because everybody said he was a good running back. He never finished above 16% ever. And it's it's very interesting. I don't know that this is very predictive yet. I'm not good with stats, if I'm being honest. I'm just going based off. I've been trying to go back and build more and more of this as I can, the more time I have, to kind of see if there is anything there, if it's just dumb luck. Because I will also be honest, like some of it, your offensive line matters as well because – Although I will say Cam Akers, two years, which we all talked about, had the worst offensive line in college football, Florida State, right? Had a 13% one year and a 15%, which falls into that grade two of running backs. So I, it does, I think, matter somewhat for running backs just to to be able to hit that hole and get positive yards. That some of it does matter, volume and, and offensive line as well. Okay.
2: Yeah, it's interesting that uh, CEH is
1: kind of struggling. Yeah, I was – I was expecting his to be a little bit better especially because of that now I have not finished his last season the the incredible 2019 offensive year but I think the one thing that hurts him is he caught a lot of passes which that doesn't get factored in at all it's just strictly what you do running the ball but I'm going to try and finish his up later this week and I'm going to tweet something out about that because let's be honest I mean we talked a lot about it None of us changed our ranking of CEH when he got drafted in the first round. He was all lower running back for us. None of us boosted him up, and a lot of people did. And I think some of that is the point on that. Like You've got to stick with your analysis regardless of where they get drafted because draft capital matters, but it shouldn't be the end-all be-all. And I think that's part of the issue we all had with, not us, but other people had with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. All right, before we get out of here, Dennis, tell everybody what's a tool they can use to help improve their dynasty teams this offseason.
2: Well, we're getting hot and heavy into dynasty season. Uh, I've seen trades. I've been rejecting some shitty trades myself. Uh, Do you want to dominate your dynasty league? The Dynasty GM from DynastyNerds.com is the tool you need to get the job done. It integrates seamlessly with your MFL, Sleeper, Flea Flicker, and FFPC leagues. Use the League Analyzer to identify your team's strengths and weaknesses. Use the Trade Calculator to put together league-winning deals. And the Player Shares Tracker to keep track of your roster ships. You know what? You can also get exclusive rankings in there and much, much more. We we have Contender Mode, which you can flip on Contender Mode, and it takes out the draft picks and works kind of like a redraft calculator. Uh, use code ROUNDTABLE for 15% off the monthly or annual subscription. Bundle the Dynasty GM with the Nerd Herd to save even more. The Nerd Herd's getting ready to be hot right now. We got Jared and Garrett getting ready to start dropping their uh, 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 wide receiver scores that they do.
1: They've been very successful with that. I can't remember who. Um, I know someone at the is Nerds that. posted
3: that. David, David is Yeah. The posted that. End
1: with their wide receivers and the running backs. I mean, they're, they're two of the best. We've, we've had both of them on the show. We, we neglected to mention either one of them, but we we have had both of them on their show as well. I, I mean, I have immense respect for Jared. He's someone I reach out to all the time, especially when it comes to, to quarterback evaluations to try and understand the, the QB game a little bit more. So I, I love when I see what they, especially when I disagree with them, because I, I love to hear their thoughts and, what they're seeing that I'm not. So yeah, definitely check that out with those drop because they are two of the best. So we talked a little bit about this off air. We're going to do some giveaways, but I don't really know how, because like, I don't really know what to like, how to do it. So we'll figure out some way to do that. We'll, we'll post something on Twitter or something like that. I don't know. Dennis, you have any thoughts? I was just trying to think about that. And I, I think I was, like
2: when you post the show, comment on the show
1: there you go comment uh either on there you can send us something on twitter well you don't have to send us a congratulations what is your favorite moment who's your favorite analyst i don't know we'll figure out something don't pick me and we'll figure out what to we'll do we've got a couple things we want to give away to you guys so anybody listening uh you know tag us in something or or comment on the show and we will give you guys some free stuff Outside of that, we'll be back on Friday, I guess, to preview the Super Bowl.
3: And hopefully some props.
1: The season will officially be over. It's a little sad. A little sad. Nah, really quick, Bengals-Rams. Bengals-Rams, Bengals, Bengals, are you picking? You can change your mind again on Friday.
2: Yes, you'll find out on Friday.
1: Rams. At the Bengals. Bam. If the Browns got to be sad, so do the Bengals fans. Go Rams.
0: Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your pop-up. I came out the wrong line already. It is he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored if you played football for this team. Going up above his head. They can't jump and leave. Only Oh, they tackle them for a corner. Who can make a play? I can. Who can make a play? I can. I <laughs> can. <laughs>